passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Yeah. So far, we talked to uh, Coach Paris from South Carolina, Grace Rayner. We talked to a few other people as well. Ross Dellinger. So uh, we are off and running. Let's go to Jimmy next in Mississippi. Good afternoon, Jimmy. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Thank you. First time to be able to get into you, so I appreciate it. Uh, just wondering, there's no kind of cap on NIL, the way I understand it. But yet, NFL teams, and let's face it, that's the direction that college football seems to have took, is getting one step closer to NFL. Would you agree with that, Paul? I yes, mean, as far as, absolutely. Okay. All right, so, you know, as I'm riding down the road listening to you every day and trying to solve world problems with you and the rest of the crew, why can't we come up with, like, a cap deal? And one of the things that I, you know, thought about was, like, a 10, 15, 20 programs, kind of what I called it. Base these colleges' uh, NIL cap off 10% of whatever the yearly – NFL is. I think right now it's like $225 million. So tell them their cap's $22.5. Uh, and then the 15% part is, and, and this is coming from somebody that has, you know, seen what's happened to the high school players because of the portal and NIL and now seeing, you know, uh, even trickling into JUCO. Make it to where no player on that team can have uh, at least, uh, you know, maybe do active roster. But nobody, no player can uh, reap more than 15% more than any other player. Because what I'm seeing firsthand uh, is a lot of, uh, of bounce backs and such coming down to the JUCO side. And then even on, on the smaller D1s and stuff, you know, when uh, a guy bounces back from, say, Alabama or something, he didn't get picked up in the portal, the portal in NIL has just created uh, – it's killed team. And this is coming straight from some players' own teams. That they don't feel the sense of team that they did, you know. But make it where nobody's making more than 15% than the next guy. And then the 20 part, Paul, is uh, – you know, I know the portal it has two different times it's open. What if we did a – you know, we split it up and gave it two 10-day periods or there's just a 20-day period – and, you know, you only get one transfer unless you have a head coach change or a family situation or, you know, something like that. You know, I just feel like we ought to make some kind of step. And, and basically, well, you, you know, something, that, Jimmy, if I could jump in, I think I think you're onto something there. And I really do believe we are closer to some 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 you know, guardrails, teeth, whatever word you want to use. But uh, but I think uh, I think the conferences are going to have to step in here because. Waiting for the NCAA, which consists of hundreds of schools with dueling interests, uh, is not the answer. Thank you very, very much. Logan is up next in Alabama. Hello, Logan. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today, brother? Logan, we're doing great. Good, man. Um, So I think I was the last caller before you broke the news about Saban's retirement. I think I was the last caller on the Feinbaum show before you broke that. So. I haven't had a chance to ask you yet, and you probably answered this question, so forgive me, but what do you think about the DeBoer hire 
just between me and you. Well, I, you I, think, I tell you uh, what I like about it. Uh, unlike other coaches who never made an effort, I'm speaking of the former Auburn coach, uh, DeBoer has literally crisscrossed Alabama the last couple of days uh, meeting high school coaches. And I think it's going to pay off. Uh, I think he's very close, according to what I hear, to uh, really his first big pickup. And I'm not talking about Washington transfers. I'm talking about uh, a, a major player in the state of Alabama. Okay, that was the next question I was going to ask you because we had so many players leave. I, I, I didn't know if that was a concern or do you think he's going to be able to build a, a decent team? Well, I, I tell you what he needs is momentum, and I, I, I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds because uh, high school recruiting is not my expertise. But there, there's one player in Alabama that uh, originally committed to Alabama and then backed away, and he is the, uh, the biggest dog remaining. And I think most people in Tuscaloosa feel like he is about to commit. And when he does, I think it's going to give the program a, a shot in the arm. If you, if you, you may not remember, but Nick Saban, early on his first year, in recruiting, got a commitment from, from uh, Julio Jones, and it literally uh, springboarded that class and it, it made a significant impact on, on recruiting from that moment on. I mean, it really did. I mean, his, his, when he came to Alabama, that changed everything. I mean, that, that, that put, you know, that was the first time I've seen five stars actually commit to Alabama in a long time. So. And, and I'm, I'm not saying just one player, uh, assuming, but, but he's a five-star uh, skill position player from South Alabama. And, and if he does commit, I think it gives... DeBoer a big win that the school had already had and then lost. Uh, I think I, I think sometimes these things you have to get you have to get some good news, and I think he's very capable. Uh, and you know from what I'm hearing, and all this is indirect, but because I'm not calling high school coaches, uh, but I'm hearing sure. from people who are talking to them that that he's going over w well with with the coaches. And remember, uh, I mean last Friday morning it looked like the sky was falling and. Since then, I think he's done a pretty good job. Uh, you know, we talked to him Friday afternoon. I, I felt like he, he, he did not look like a coach who was panicked. He tried to give the appearance of, of calm. And uh, since then, he's been crisscrossing the state, which is what you're supposed to do. Well, that's great. Yeah, that was a great interview with him. I, re I mean, I, that really reassured me. Just the way, he, the way his tone was, he sounded like he was confident, like he wasn't panicking, like you said. And, uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you say in that position. Uh, I mean, you could make a joke about it, which probably wouldn't be funny. Um, or you can simply say, listen, we're, we're not, I mean, I, I, I mean, people have asked me, how did that come about? Well, obviously, like, like every other show in America uh, or in Alabama or, or in the SEC, we, we requested a conversation with him, and that was the first time he did anything. And I think the, it was also on the worst day that he had, as you remember. Uh, it was. Uh, Downs, Downs had left uh, the previous night saying that morning and I think what he wanted to do was be seen sometimes in politics and in, in government uh, you, you, you know why in the middle of a crisis you want to see the president you want to know that somebody's in charge and I think what he did that day Logan was he, he came on and said hey uh, we got we we have this don't 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 be concerned we're not alarmed that was his exact phrase uh, Larry is up next in Baton Rouge Larry good afternoon Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hope you're doing well. Thank you. So, you know, I've been hearing a lot about uh, Alabama's hired, and 
not hearing a lot about LSU's hires. You know, you got Bo Davis, Kevin Peebles, and Blake Baker pretty much taking everything away from Missouri in the amazing season they had. So I want to know how you feel about these hires and what you think this is for the future of this um, awful LSU defense. I'll, I'll, Larry, I'll say uh, that I think that uh, Brian Kelly's had probably the best offseason of anybody. Uh, from a, he got Raymond from Florida. He, he mentioned, you mentioned Davis. He's gotten so many other uh, key. He has put a recruiting uh, machine uh, in Baton Rouge, and, and they needed it. I, I mean, I, I, I will seriously question some of the choices Kelly made uh, a year ago. But remember, uh, he had a staff at Notre Dame, and nobody came with him. He had to build the yeah. staff. And you make mistakes every time you do that. And then you try to correct those mistakes quickly. I understand. I completely agree. But with this recruiting now, it seems, you know, we're on the tail end of the recruiting. Do you see, uh, you see him making any big splashes here? Or what do you think? Well, I think he, he already has. I mean, I vaguely remember him get landing the number one for the – I think it, this may be for the next class, the number one running back, oh, the yeah. number Bryce one. Underwood. Yeah, he's got all that. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there's much left. Uh, there really isn't much left in, in the uh, 24 recruiting class. The player I mentioned indirectly – from Alabama is one of the they're, they're just a handful because most of those guys commit early so I'm sure he'll pick some people up but uh, I, I, I think Brian Kelly has done uh, just a lights out job in, in putting a staff together and, and in building the future building players for the future thank you very very much for the call John in Kentucky you're on the air hello John yes hello Paul and thank you for taking my call thank you uh, I'm a I'm a long-time Kentucky football or basketball fan, Paul, and I heard you uh, your your conversation with the uh, South Carolina coach uh, a while ago. Yes, sir. Uh, as a side note to my conversation here, uh, he he signed one of the best basketball players in the state of Kentucky earlier. A boy from down in uh, Harlan County in southeastern Kentucky named Trent Noah. Okay. I was sorry Kentucky missed out on him, but what I wanted to call about was uh, our basketball program. Okay. And uh, to say the least, Paul, the last several seasons have not been too good for Kentucky basketball. We're losing to teams uh, like St. Peter's and UNC Wilmington and Teams that just don't meet our standard, we should win those games. And essentially, UK basketball has become an orientation pad for the NBA, seems to me like. Coach Cal is obviously more interested in individual player development for the pros, and uh, Kentucky fans are pretty upset about all that, I think. I speak for most of the fans to say we want good players who will stay with us and develop into good competitive players for the University of Kentucky. We just don't want to be the minor league for the NBA. Most of the top programs uh, are go staying with uh, their uh, basketball players and keeping them for at least three or four years. And if you think about it, Paul, uh, Coach Cal has had had the top recruiting classes for several years, uh, not every year, but for many of them. Uh, but this hasn't translated into winning championships for us. 
And that just proves that experience and maturation are essential in the basketball program. Kentucky's basketball tradition has just really greatly diminished in recent years, and Coach Cal was certainly correct when he said not too long ago that Kentucky basketball was the gold standard. And yes, it was the gold standard, but unfortunately he has failed to maintain that standard. I know we at UK have the most committed, loyal fan base in the country. And, Paul, this is certainly uh, totally about basketball and not to demean uh, Coach Cal's character in any way. He is simply being outmaneuvered and outcoached. And uh, we are totally unhappy with the way things are going now because we continually get these great expectations from high school All-Americans year after year, and then we're deflated as these freshmen uh, disappoint us uh, in not being able to uh, win uh, in the NCAA uh, tournaments. So uh, you have a great program, Paul, and uh, the best, I think, call-in program in all of sports. Well, John, we it's been a pleasure so hearing from you. Uh, I really and just continue to do what you're doing. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. I understand again. what you're saying, and and I think with with John Calipari, what sadly uh, what happens in March uh, and early April has really defined his program. It's still, I mean, there's no program like Kentucky, uh, and that's why you saw what you saw last night when uh, you beat Kentucky. It, 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 it matters. It's like beating Alabama in football. Uh, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. We are coming back with much more. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. 
And welcome back. And we'll talk to you, Cedric Golden, in a couple of minutes about uh, the Texas program as they make their way over here. Let's uh, check out Joey in Illinois. Hello, Joey. Hey, how you doing, Paul? We're doing great. Thank you. Good deal. I was calling about the John Calipari era. It's over, buddy. Kentucky ain't the gold standard no more like it used to be. It has broke my heart. You know, I've been a Kentucky fan my whole life. My grandma born and raised. We was all born and raised in Kentucky, and it's just, it's sad to watch a program that was on top go to where it's at now. Well, uh, jo- Joey, listen, uh, you're a fan. I don't want to get in the way of your fandom, but uh, do you think last night really was that significant based on the fact that Kentucky has looked very good this year? No, they have. Yeah, they've looked good throughout the year, but their defense is horrible. Let me give you some numbers here. Okay. So the lineups played at least three minutes together was two. At least two minutes together was nine. At least one minute together was 19. That's telling me that that was panic mode last night. Okay. Well, but Joey, I mean, I think, I think, unfortunately, I mean, the last guy was right, and you're right in a, in a way. But ultimately, this, as everyone knows, other than maybe Kentucky and North, maybe in Chapel Hill, uh, college basketball has become a a tournament sport, and if you have a big March, early April, people remember you fondly. And that's been Calipari's problems. He's just, I mean, last year they were very good, as you remember. And then they bombed out, just like they did the year before. I know, man. We get all this talent, but it's the same song every year with the same ending. Well, that's, you know, that is true. It's, just, it, it's horrible. I, I don't know. I mean, I love the program, but it's just getting to a point where people are starting to accept mediocre wins. And these losses, people are starting to accept. Was South Carolina that big a deal? Yeah, it kind of is. We're Kentucky basketball. You know, yeah, I mean, especially, uh, you know, I, I can uh, college basketball has is, is always been one of my favorite sports. And if you lose on the on the final shot, you just go, OK, whatever. But when you just get hammered in the second half, it is pretty embarrassing. Right. And the way it was done, I mean, no, you had Dillingham go off for like seven straight points or something. Then you turn around, he's sitting on the bench. Edwards played 24 minutes, I think. Reed Shepard only played 14. Edwards at 24. Edwards had two points. He's not produced all year. I mean, I just don't I don't get the lineup. I don't get how you can't get just five good core players and go with them. I don't see how you're ever going to get a flow going doing the subs in and out like that. I hear, I hear you. Listen, thank you very, very much for the call. Uh, it's, I know everybody else is like, what a great program. They lost a game. But uh, if you're in Kentucky, it's a little bit different. I mean, you – there's nothing else. I mean, I've, I've been that, to that state a million times, and there's nothing to compare. I mean, Kentucky basketball, it, it matters in Paducah, in Harlan, uh, in Louisville, in Lexington. And in all, I mean, it matters in every quadrant of that state. We uh, will take one more call here, and then we have to uh, head on to a guest. Uh, how about John in New Jersey? Hello, John. Hi, Paul. How are you? We're doing well. Thank you. Yeah, I was calling to uh, clear up the Alabama roster situation. Okay. I know like, a lot of people are confused and panicked, and I know Iron Man calls up with one of his incoherent calls and declaring Alabama dead. 
but I follow recruiting very closely. So what's happening is Alabama currently has 82 scholarship players currently, and there's 85 is the max you can have. So what happened was they had about 26 players that left. Only 14 of those went through the portal. The rest either graduated or declared for the NFL. So they're only like three short of what they want to be. So, so when in May 1st comes was when the next transfer portal opens, they're probably going to lose a couple of players that don't fit into the system, but they're also going to pick up uh, players from other schools outside of the SEC. So they're, and they're right now, there's an expert that ranked their roster as either the first, second, or third most talented roster in the country right now. So, and Julian Sayan, the, the great quarterback, he was let go. From what I hear, the staff thought he was too small. They brought in their own quarterback called, called Austin Mack. He's 6'6", 230. And um, Brock Eward said he's like the most talented quarterback he's seen in many years. So this guy has a great future. So, and even the, the center that left, Seth McLaughlin, he couldn't snap straight. So Alabama just picked up Washington center, who's like the best guy in the country. So they're, they're okay. They got, they got the number two ranked class coming in, 23 freshmen. So that's what were the numbers. So you lose all those players, but then they just picked up 23 players. So that's why there's 82. Well, John, that's good to know. I'm glad to know everything's okay. So we will take a break. You okay with that, Randy? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Everything cool. Calm down. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back. Cedric Golden joining us as uh, we look at one of his recent stories. Texas football is reloading. I remember when we used to talk to Ced and there was doubt about the Longhorns you know, could they win in their final year? Now everything is golden as we say hello to Cedric. Cedric, what is going on? And uh, can't wait to uh, dig in here, my man. What's going on, Paul? We're just living in Steve Sarkeesian's world. Uh, he goes to the playoffs. Alabama reportedly wants him. But let's start there because that story has been out there now. I mean, do you know? how close that came or whether it was ever a thing? Well, it's always a thing, Paul. It's always a thing. And 
And even if Steve Sarkeesian had no intentions of leaving Texas to go replace the GOAT, Nick Saban, in Alabama, there was still interest because Steve Sarkeesian can get her, was, is in the middle of a contract negotiation. And, and so if you're wanted by someone like Alabama, that can only help you. And shout out to Jimmy Sexton and, and the agents out there that, that, that make uh, being a college football coach so profitable. You follow up a 12-2 and two in a contract year, you're in good shape. And personally, I didn't think he was going to leave, even though there was panic here in Austin. Uh, I think he's found a place that's, that's, he, that he believes he can build. And, and frankly, Paul, I don't know who wants to follow Nick Saban. I wish Kalen DeBoer all the best, but, man, that's a guy I wouldn't want to follow. That's like, that's like following Michael Jackson in concert. Who wants to <laughs> see that act? That's funny because uh, I don't think anybody really has followed Michael uh, in terms of electricity. Um, in terms of what he's been doing, he's, he's seemingly racking up the portal. All these early concerns three years ago to, about, about the SEC ready. I mean, it seems like I don't hear that anymore. Man, it's something about going 12-2 and two and making it to the CFP that can silence a lot of the doubters. Uh, he went five and seven in his first season, so those people had a right to be concerned about the direction of the Longhorns. But uh, since then, he's twenty and seven, and uh, he's gone into Tuscaloosa and won, and he's and he's gotten a Big Twelve championship, the team's first since two thousand and nine, and so uh, he's answered a lot of challenges. And and now in this brave new world of the portal. And recruiting, he seems to have hit on the right mix of bringing in good young talent and veterans. And so the word that he likes to use, Paul, is culture. And his culture has shown through over these last couple of seasons. And uh, it's a tough act to follow going 12-2 and two and then entering the SEC, knowing you still have to play go-to Michigan in, in the offseason and then have Georgia. I mean, in the, uh, in the non-conference season and then have Georgia – come to Austin after that. So it's not going to be easy, but I think the people here have a lot of faith in him now. Uh, let's, let's talk about this team because uh, they've got to be considered among the favorites uh, as well as Georgia. We all thought Georgia-Alabama was the go-to game, but um, I'm frankly a little more interested in that Georgia-Texas game. Yeah, uh, because the, the last bowl game, big bowl game that Texas won, New Year's Six, was, was against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, which was kind of the unofficial rise of Georgia as a power because they didn't lose again after that for a while. And so uh, with, with them losing so many players, and there's going to be upwards of 10 Longhorns drafted coming up this spring. That's a lot, Paul. That is a lot of players being drafted. Uh, you don't just replace them, especially when you're talking about arguably the two best defensive tackles in the country and Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, the Allen Trophy winner. So uh, the challenges that they have are, are, are huge, and they're, they're going to have to meet those challenges in the best league in college football, and it's going to be really interesting to see not only how they enter the SEC, how they deal with that, but also how they, they deal with the defending national champions on the road. So – uh, it's not exactly a, a welcome mat being rolled out for Sarkeesian and country and company, but I believe they think that they have the right mix. I think they have the right attitude. They have the right culture to meet those challenges. 
Chad, I'm sure you've heard this because you live in Texas, but the, the Aggies we talked to, they've already got the uh, game in, at Kyle Field as a, as a W. I know the program's been down, but that's all, that, according to those fans, that's automatic. You know that, don't you? Well, I know the last time I was in College Station, it happened to be the same night that I first listened to the Paul Feinbaum show, late night after Texas beat A&M in College Station, which was 2011. And I'm like, man, I don't know who this Feinbaum guy is, but he's got me laughing. And, you know, and it was at the same time where there was a lot of um, nostalgia coming out of that night because we knew that the rivalry was over. But here we are. Uh, 13 years later, and they're about to get it on again. And the Aggies, you know, that thing's circled in red ink. And nothing would make them happier than than to get a W over their long-hated rival with a brand-new coach in Mike Elko. So um, it makes me wish, Paul, that the football season was coming up next week and not in eight months. Cedric, uh, that, that show you heard that night, that was the vintage years of the Paul Feinbaum show, not the great. Uh, oh, it was great. Not the sanitized I need, I need version get, that you get now. I need some cassette I need some cassette tapes of those shows, Paul. That's what I need. Yeah. Anyway, next time I see you, I'll 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 I'll, I'll give you some of the, be- the the greatest hits that nobody sees <laughs> anymore because we're just we're just pro everything, especially Texas. I, I, I just I can't wait to get. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see you guys a lot. We we, we have a lot planned that we haven't revealed no. yet, uh, but we will see you uh, in the near future. Uh, so let's talk about uh, just what is next. And the and if I, let's go to the fans for a second because I mean Texas fans are unique. <laughs> you know that better than I do. But what what do you hear from them? Uh, they now know the schedule. It's been out a month. Uh, they, they are, you know, they're, they're still basketball, they're still baseball, there's all the spring sports that Texas is, excels in, but from, from the football fans, what, are they SEC ready? Oh yeah, and they'll trade in all of those championships and those other sports, volleyball and track and field and tennis, they'll trade all of those in for just one more football championship, that's just how it is, man, and they believe they're trans, that, that they are ready for this SEC deal. They believe that Sarkeesian is the transfer portal king, unlike, you know, I know Lane Kiffin has gotten that title, but they think Sarkeesian has has the know-how and the word for all to get the right guys in the right positions to get this thing going. We're going to find out pretty quick if they're ready. I think they are, because anytime they play at the SEC uh, teams, they, they've played really well against SEC teams. They've beaten Georgia They've they've gone to Ole Miss and won, um, and and they've beaten Alabama, and probably should have beaten Alabama twice, and so they haven't really had as many problems. Uh, I had Joe Burrow and company, the virtual national champions, on the ropes, and may would have won that game if if he doesn't hit um, a third and seventeen, I believe, to to uh, Justin Jefferson. So th- those are the kind of things that have engendered the uh, fan base. To, to being uh, really excited to, to get into the SEC and to knock heads with the big boys. That September 9th game, we talked about all, all year afterwards, but uh, I, I would imagine now, just from, a, just from the vintage uh, win category, uh, you know, beating Saban at home, uh, probably that, that's, that ticket stub probably re- resonates even more now, doesn't it? Are we are we able to talk about that on this show, Paul? Because I, I mean, I remember last time, and he tried to shut me down. We're okay. That now, up, now, now that Nick's gone off to I'm Florida, just, we're okay. I'm just shocked that you invited me back. So I'm just glad that 
to be back on. Uh, yeah, they that did happen. 34-24 did happen in Tuscaloosa. And that was the unofficial introduction of Texas as a player on the national scene. And 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 to score 21 points in a quarter uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium was – I mean, that was crazy to see that. And, and the proof was in the pudding. And so they're bringing a lot of the ca- that cast of characters back, but they've lost a lot of guys. But – it kind of showed what they're capable of. And it's one thing, Paul, for a coach to tell you that you're good enough to do something. But until you go out and do it, you really don't know. You can believe him, but until you put it on film, you really don't know. And 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 if Sarkeesian ever breaks through and wins a championship, that game in Tuscaloosa will, will be the start, will be called the start of, of what Sarkeesian was trying to bring here. Maybe it was better that they, they, they both lost so we didn't have to have that game again. And, and then <laughs> Saban sends you guys home. Uh, ang- I knew you would have you picked Texas again. I, I know you. They own Alabama. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> they own them, Paul. They own them. Every, uh, every message board in Alabama is coming after you, and I'm going hel- to help facilitate that. Cedric, it's so great to talk to you. Um, I can't wait to see you. Get me on those message boards, Paul. I, I want to get as many mentions as you because, man, they hate they hate you nearly as much as the Texas <laughs> fans hate me. And that's saying something, brother. That is saying something. We're going we're gonna to see if we can keep this duo going for a while. Cedric Golden from uh, Austin joining us, and we will see him plenty uh, this football season as we take a break. Uh, we're back with much more. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are back. What an afternoon this has been. And let's, you ready, Randy? One of your, one of your, one of your, one of your boys is here. All right. Bubba is up next. Oh. Randy, what's shaking, Paul? We're doing great. Thank you. Hey, Randy, got the bourbon ready for you? Man, Randy's, uh, Randy, I, Randy's not even able to stand up right now. Yeah, it's he should be called ready, Randy, because Randy's always ready for anything, isn't he? You better believe it. Hey, uh, I knew there would be some heartburn today with the Kentucky basketball fans. They uh, they didn't get outplayed in the second half. They got curb stomped from the tip off last night. And uh, I hate it, but this is the new modern era of college athletics. Uh, this is not your dad or your grandpa's uh, basketball, football teams. Same thing is going on at Alabama. I mean, Alabama's got the most spoiled football fan base in the country, thanks to Nick Saban. And I get it. it, it nobody was going to be good enough to, to come in behind Nick, you know. And uh, Kalen DeBoer, I think he's going to be a good coach. And uh, Nick Saban's retirement is going to be a lightning rod of conversation all the way into next season. But until Kalen gets about 10 games deep, it's going to be hard to really form an opinion on him and, and, and where the program is at. So we can talk this to death from now to then, 
you know, but, but, but until but he Bubba, gets a come body on, you, you have together. to give Alabama folks their due. I mean, they are they're suffering from a shock, and they're trying to find good news under every apple tree. Oh, absolutely, Paul. But you know, any other college in the country that would get, would, would go through this same situation. A new coach coming in, they'd be like, okay, give him a couple years. He'll get the ship back on the path. No, Alabama's not going to be giving nobody a couple years. They want instant gratification because that's what they're accustomed to. And when they don't get it is when... How we, uh, honestly, uh, Bubba, I, mean, I mean, there's a big difference because Alabama's been far more successful, but they they are a little... I mean, they're in the same category as Kentucky basketball fans. Oh, they are. Except they they've had a lot more success. Category. Yeah, they 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 are they are cousins in that aspect because they have been so dominant for so long that they don't know anything else. And uh, this is really going to uh, be hard on 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 them as as fan bases because they they don't know any anything else. And if this thing gets off the tracks out the gate. You'll never hear more crying and belly aching than you've heard in your life. And I also think that Nick will be involved to help shield Kalen DeBoer from some of this. Yeah, but uh, I think some of it depends on where where he. I mean, yeah, I mean, he'll he'll be on TV and he'll say whatever he can say. But but but, and I I know this is going to sound blasphemous, but how much credibility is Nick Saban going to going to have speaking about Alabama football? Exactly. No, you're, you, that's a fact, Paul. You nailed it on the head. And I got a little comment about the guy from Tennessee called yesterday. said Tennessee's not getting enough credit through the media. I, I, I hate to hurt your feelings, but until Tennessee puts some hardware in the trophy case, they don't deserve to be focused on and talked about. Yeah, Josh Heupel's doing some great things. Tennessee wandered in the wilderness for 15 years with a football program. But until you put some rings on some fingers and some hardware in the trophy case, don't expect to be the topic of conversation daily in college football. Because college football is 12 months out of the year now. It's not just a oh, yeah. you know national championship dead spell and let's wait and see what happens in the spring. This thing is a beast. It's constantly devouring with the portal and the, and the NIL all the changes, it's flu- It's a fluid situation daily. And like I said, you're not going to be able to tell anything about Alabama until they get about 10 games under their belt with a new coach, I don't think. And, and we can talk it to death, but the proof will be... Well, I think you're going to know, because I mean, right right now, in all, you know, all the way too early nonsensical polls that come out in January, they're, they're, they were still in the top four or five. Uh, there's a good chance that's going to change. Because even though Alabama fans want to throw up the numbers, their numbers, their 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 standing has 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 been altered until we get a better reading. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, Fred is up next in Memphis. Uh, hello, Fred. Hey, Coach. How are you today? We are doing great. Thank you. Yeah, the last time we chatted, you told me uh, how about laying off any of those tough basketball questions. Yeah, you're so, tough. You're 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 the you're the trivia king. <laughs> no, I'm switching now. I got a little appointment set up with uh, Marty and McGee Saturday, and I thought I'd run a few things by you and see yeah, if you could help me out. Well, they're a lot smarter than I am. I can assure you. <laughs> well, what can you tell me about uh, Gordon Pettis? Well, Gordon, uh, Gordon, who was. Uh, 
the, the head of officiating was a, was a great football player, if I remember correctly. Yep. Okay. What I didn't. Did he I, do I mean, I was I was play? I was not around for that, but I but I I know I know he was highly respected. Okay. Do you know you know one of his achievements? I do not. Okay. He has the distinction of having scored a touchdown in the Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Wow. Yeah. And then he went on and went to work for Spalding Fording Goods, and then he got into officiating <laughs> and became a pretty pretty good uh, football official in the SEC, and then he became a supervisor over all of the uh, SEC football officials. And another little tidbit, he went to high school with Bobby Bowden. You heard of Bobby Bowden, hadn't you? <laughs> and uh, Bobby Bowden. Yeah, I think Bobby you know, went to Woodlawn. Bobby, yeah, but who who was uh, and, and Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from three to seven Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.